0: Welcome to Invest Stories, a podcast about real stories, real estate, and taking real action. Join hosts John Cooper and Kyle Robertson as they talk investing, mindset, and taking that first step. We all have a story. What's yours? The Investories Podcast. Welcome to Wednesday Wins. We're talking all about the wins and successes and uh, failures in part of our, our guests today, but also actions you can take to get started on your journey or level up kind of where you're at in your investing journey. Uh, so we're super excited to bring you that that content. Don't forget to jump on social media and reach out to us, Pod, uh, on Instagram, on TikTok. Uh, we also have a YouTube channel link in the comments Uh, Below and uh, yeah, you know, let us know how you're winning today, how things are going and uh, if you're liking the new format
1: We have another community play um, we're working on that's completely different than that uh, if you're interested in it Um, We mentor this 27 year old HVAC uh, technician Um, he's the best service guy on their team um, he had not bought a house before he met us. And we met him just because he was at our house servicing our uh, home. Um, but he really liked our vibe. That was what he said. And he was talking about real estate investing. He was really interested in it, but his finances were not in order. Um, his taxes were a mess and he didn't know how to get started. Uh, so that day he met my wife. He sent her him his social security number and all his tax information, which I do not recommend as a general <laughs> rule. But my wife did his taxes for him, his back taxes, and got him caught up. Uh, We were able to help them qualify for a FHA home um, in their uh, hometown, which is like 65 minutes from Birmingham, uh, the main city. And that's where he works. Uh, So we were able to put him in his first house. This this 27-year-old adopted his uh, 17-year-old sister, so he takes care of his whole family. He's been working since he was 15 um, as an industrial electrician, which... I didn't know you could be an industrial electrician at 15 but apparently there's no age limit on some of these uh apprenticeships <laughs> um anyways i found this eleven seven 7 duplex in birmingham uh 10 minutes from his work for 375 a thousand dollars and i told him this is the house you need to move into put in an offer right now and he's like well we have like fifteen thousand dollars saved up you think that would be enough and i like quick quick math like three and a half percent down on three fifty or whatever, and it was like almost exactly fifty thousand dollars. And I was like, "There's your sign that this is what you need to do." Um, so he's moving. He moved his whole family up. He bought it. They're living in. So I said it was eleven bedroom duplex. One side is a seven four, and the other side is a four three. So they're living in the four three side. The seven bedroom side, we're going to rent by the room in a co living model. Um, all expenses included. It's going to be uh somewhere between eight hundred and thousand dollars a month. Um and we're gonna market or aim to fill it with blue collar people. Blue we I've been calling it a blue-collar boarding house or a, a trade house. Um but electricians, construction guys, plumbers, uh HVAC guys, roofers, who whoever, uh people who work with their hands, um uh, we want that's who we want in our um uh building. And then when they're there Our goal is to get them out of there. (laughs) So they're there saving money for a down payment. When they're there, we make sure that they have a bank account set up uh, to keep their cash in. So many blue collar people just keep their cash under the mattress uh, and it's not seasoned. And then when they're ready to buy a house, they're like, where did this cash come from? And... It's been, I've been working, it's been under my mattress. And so then you have to write a special note to the underwriter about this is where he keeps his money. Uh, But we're just going to help him with some stuff like that. We're going to report to credit agencies and develop credit for these people who are are raised as cash is king, you don't need credit, da-da-da. But then they go buy a house and they don't exist according to um, any financial system, then it's difficult for them. Um, And we just want to attract people with a mindset of growth and who want something better and then... We want to provide so much value while they're in our house that when they leave and take down their own deal or take down their own house, they find somebody else who's like, hey, you would benefit from being here. Um, And then they take their place in the house. And then, you know, eventually we'll have a whole network of people who are grateful to this house and the system. And then we can take down, you know, any house that needs work because we will have all the systems within our network.
0: That's awesome. I love that. And as I, I moved here with zero credit, not much cash, to be honest, and went through that process. So I, I really like that. I think that's such a good mission to, uh, to kind of drive forward with. Um, in terms of the, the projects we've talked through, a lot of them are, are, are quite unique in their, in their kind of makeup. What does the financing look like for, for these projects? Is it kind of relying on capital partners? Is it um, traditional non-traditional
1: So out of the ones we own, um, two were traditional, um, FHA loans, uh, primary residence. One was a secondary home that we purchased with my wife's ex-husband. So we have a a really solid working relationship all together. Um, he bought a second home in Auburn, um, which is the second one we had on the street. So he did 10% down there. And then we bought, uh, our, the other Airbnb we own with hard money, um, we uh, bought it and then refinanced it uh, after we put H V A C in. And then this deal, I just got under contract um, for a hundred and ten thousand dollars under asking. It was A R V is three seventy five. She sold it to me for two seventy. And then um, I had a guy I went to high school with and middle school with, and we played basketball together in middle school. He has over 50 doors. He's a bit of a successful investor, and he's actually going to be my hard money lender there. He's a fix and flipper, so he walked through the property with me, made sure there was enough meat on the bone. Um, in case, not even in case he made money, just really in case something went wrong. Um, but uh, we're, we'll be, he'll be out of that deal in less than six months. Uh, he'll have made a 30% cash on cash return for lending us this money, and then he'll be leaving us with the asset with uh, 60k in equity in it.
2: Excellent. That sounds like a win for everybody. Yeah. So uh,
1: one thing is our my last name is Win, so one of our companies is going to be a win-win situation or something along those lines.
2: Very catchy. I like that. That's good. I like that. The um, that's a great segue. In fact, because one of the things we like to talk to people about is wins and losses, and because you know everybody knows there's never any losses in real estate, right? You know the the market always goes up and never nothing ever goes wrong, but. Uh, the truth of the matter is, something usually goes wrong at least once, and that's really—I think—that's a necessary way to learn your stripes, anyways. It kind of shows you what you're made of. Uh, talk to us a little bit about some of the the real hardships that you've faced. Even just give an example of a hardship you faced, and if you have one that you haven't already talked about, that would be a major win for you if you wouldn't mind sharing one of those.
1: Um, this December was a hardship. So December in general is really difficult on seasonality and Airbnb. Uh, people really like to travel for uh, Thanksgiving, and then a lot of people don't travel for Christmas. At least that's what our data, our booking data, told us. Um, so we got into this uh, Airbnb algorithm glitch where if you're not getting bookings, then you're not showing on the search, and if you're not showing in the search, you're getting less bookings, and so it actually can spiral all the way down to zero. And some people have zero bookings because of that, because they got spiraled down, not because people weren't looking. Um. And that just coincided with the same time I quit my job. Um, so just cash flow-wise, it was a difficult time. I still think it was the right decision. Maybe not the best timing, but it's what I needed to do to get out of there. And it's been a struggle uh, cash flow-wise since then. Um, and last week, is I joined this new mentorship, Pace uh, Morbi's Subject 2 group. And I've gotten so much value out of that, so I just can't say enough about Investing in your education, investing in your network and the in people who are like-minded. Um, I know one thing that happened to me was I was so excited about real estate and the things I knew that I was I, I didn't look I didn't I, I wasn't as open to hearing what other people had to say, but really it's all about taking everything you can learn from everybody else and then then using the empty space to provide what value you know that hasn't already been said.
2: Sorry about that. <clears throat> Couldn't get the mute
0: button off. John can edit that out. He loves editing. Yeah, so. my mute button wouldn't come off. <laughs> I'm glad it wasn't just me. That's also, I love added, I love the added value piece. That's amazing. Um, and I think that's kind of something I've I've learned over the last year and a half, kind of on my journey, which is how can you add value? How can you connect with people and kind of then build on what they know, but not cynically, not just say, oh, what do you know? Give me all your information and then let's roll. And I think uh, Kyle will probably <laughs> is a testament to this—the team sport nature of of real estate—that everyone's trying to win-win. There you go, on brand. Uh, so that that's super cool. Anyway, Kyle, sorry I interrupted you.
2: No, you didn't. And, and the only other piece that I that I would ask about would be, you know, if you had that one win that you could tell us about—that I'm, I'm talking cash flow-wise, just business-wise, or maybe an arbit- arbitration that you ended up putting together that there was really no cost at it, or or maybe you got the cost back quickly for, because I know it costs a lot of money to, to be able to furnish these things. That sort of thing can be your biggest expense, especially right up front, or maybe even a big risk that you took that, that paid off in the end.
1: Um, sure. I'll tell you about like a, a deal we have. It was the one we bought with hard money. It's in Irondale, Alabama. We bought it for 99 K it's a two, one, like 900 square feet. It's nothing. Um, it has two lots on either side. Uh, so it's, Private. Um, but that's really all it has going for us. It's close to the highway. It's not in a really super nice part of town, but it's like a cash cow for us. Um we we paid I put 10 I guess we put 10% down uh for the hard money and then uh refied out of that uh, a little bit later. Um but that one pays the bills for everything. Um The monthly payment is like $700 a month and some months we'll get $3,000 in a median term booking um, from somebody who's house flooded and they need a place to stay for one to three months while their house is being uh, mitigated. And um, just because it's 95% occupied and you know, it's not our best unit. It's not our nicest unit. It's not our biggest unit. It's not the best location, but it, it, it provides so much value to these people, uh, who need it. Um, so I, what I, what, what I'll say on that is people, what I, when they're getting into real estate, they're always looking for like a home run deal, or they're looking for things that look nice or whatever, but it doesn't have to be, um, you can be so creative with your exit strategy. Um, most people only know long-term rental, short-term rentals, And really, that's it. (laughs) Those are like their two ends of the spectrum, and there's a million things you can do in between. In between um, those things, and it really depends on do you whether or not you value your time or your sweat equity or whatever. But you can design for whatever thing matters to you, and then create a lifestyle using real estate that fits that. So I'm gonna ask you:
0: if you had to pick a strategy today, would you pick? short-term rental or medium-term
1: rental um i'll pick medium-term rental all day long so we can get pretty close to uh what we're getting short-term rental with one-tenth one-twentieth the effort sometimes we forget about those units because they're on autopilot and they have people in them uh and we're not reminded that we have those units until our cleaners are like is it time to clean those units yet and we're like oh let me check in with those people they haven't said anything
0: now, uh, one thing I'm interested in, we've had a, we had Jesse on, um, Jesse Vasquez, about um, short-term, re- uh, mid-term rentals, and we've had Sarah Weaver on uh, as well, and it, really, really interesting conversations. How do you source mid-term rental customers? So like an insurance claim? What does so that the, look like?
1: The insurance claim people have found us, uh, but we set our uh, Airbnb minimum to 30 days, and that's to Target. Um, midterm rental people, but it's also because it gets around the short-term rental uh, blocks in most cities. So if you have Mm -hmm. 30-day midterm rental, you can still make very close to short-term rental rates um, with so much less effort. And so I would have gone midterm rental just because I could get one started and then focus on the next thing and not have to worry about um, ongoing management and ongoing turnover.
0: That's really interesting. So it's it's come through Airbnb, right? Mid-state yeah, rentals, so, yeah. Through. Airbnb got it. So you haven't explored the engaging insurance companies or nursing. That's what we're doing schools.
1: now. Um, we have reached out to. So there's Furnish Finder, which is specifically for traveling professionals. Um, we haven't had a great experience with that or VRBO. They're fine, but they're not good enough or provide enough value to have multiple platforms. So for us, it's easier to just have Airbnb and direct bookings. And so part of our focus this year is going direct to these medium term people, um, direct to corporations, direct to insurance companies. We're going to start with the Chamber of Commerce and see who's doing the most insurance business or whatever and start with there. And then we're going to go back to the people who have stayed with us before because of insurance reasons or because they're in town for work and seeing who they're the person resp- responsible for hiring them or for paying that out is. And we're going to um, try to develop those direct relationships. That's amazing. Um, so
0: one of my questions was, which would you pick? I guess the other, the other angle would be, if someone's starting out today and in the current market and is interested in either short-term or mid-term, what would you start by doing? Would, the, would it be the education piece, trying to network, waiting out the market? What, what would your first steps be?
1: Um, kind of a bunch of things. So definitely uh, getting an education and figuring out what it's going to cost to run either a short-term or a mid-term rental in your market or what kind of properties can be available. The the main thing though is taking a inventory of what you are good at. So so many people have no idea what they're good at. They think they're good at something, but they're not really good at that thing. Um, and things that they don't think they're good at, they are good at. And so it's just all it's always going to create a mismatch between uh, the jobs they think they're good at and what they're actually doing. So they're perpetually unhappy because they're not understanding that's not what they're good at. And so really, um, it depends on what your skill set is. So if my, if our skill set wasn't being hospitable or figuring out what people needed, I would we would have gone on a completely different strategy. Like wholesaling might be better for somebody else. Uh, but if you don't like talking to people, it could be just purely lead generation and uh, finding deals for people who need leads. There's so many things you can do that take advantage of different skill sets. It, it, it really starts with what are you good at?
0: That's a great answer. I, th- I don't think we've had that answer, right, Kyle? Kyle, what are you good at?
2: <laughs> what am I? Oh, geez, man. We're not interviewing me, are we?
1: Well, the idea is what, everybody has a superpower. <laughs> what is your superpower?
2: Yeah, oh, what's your su- no. and
0: then And then we'll do TJ's. Oh,
2: man. You know, I, I think probably deal analyzation, I think would be my superpower. That That I can do. Uh, I would say underwriting is probably my weakness. Like, I can do it, and I I do it. I just don't really care to do it, so, yeah. What about you, TJ? John, you're next, by the way.
0: We'll go John first. Oh, I don't he? think I have one. <laughs> no superpower? No, I don't feel confident enough to... Uh... Other than the accent? <laughs> the accent and the vision. I, I'm quite good at big picture vision stuff um, and, and communicating that, so I'm I'm pretty good at presenting, talking to people um writing stuff like that which is there's a place for that in real estate hosting a podcast for instance (laughs) Um,
1: i think my superpower is setting aside all assumptions so people um have really difficult time doing that and it limits their ability to create uh creative solutions and uh to problems but i i can literally say well how do we do real estate if there were no gravity, or I had no money, or whatever? And you just set those as your design parameters, and then everything else is super flexible. So, um, and then, but my inner, my inner brain doesn't fight me. It's like, hey, gravity, gravity always points down, or whatever. And some people do not do that. Like you tell them an assumption that is clearly not true, just as a thought exercise, and their brain implodes. So like, wait, I, I can't, I can't assume that. That's not, that's not how the world works. But no, but no, we're, we're pretending it does so that we can go down this road and see what solutions we would come up with if that were the case. <laughs> so I, right. I
0: really like that, TJ. That's also, I'm going to try that. I like the f- uh, framing and, and things like that. Really interesting. But actually the, the assumption piece, that's really interesting.
1: Also for just in terms of like getting along with people, like try to to empathize with people. So just, I like to do what if everything I'm saying is absolutely wrong and everything you're saying is absolutely right and And that was completely proven to me how would I react right now in this moment <laughs> and then you know I pretend I'm like, hmm, you know I kind of like how this feels or I do not like how this feels and then you adjust you know you, you can adjust the way you act or beca- because of that uh, but it just it it it, let, it opens your mind to other people what other people are experiencing it helps you get to those win-win situations when you're like when you're when you're when you stop thinking right versus wrong and different perspective versus different perspective
0: no i like that a lot i think that's that's good food for thought and if, for anyone getting started that's that's great advice you know just just play around and think things through like that and, and reframe and make your own assumptions and change things up tj how can people get in touch with you
1: uh you can find me on socials at Auburn ninja uh, a-e-b-u-r-n-n-i-n-j-a um i've been trying to uh add a lot more real estate stuff uh that's one thing that's been in my mastermind group we've been doing all this stuff in real estate for three years but not many people know that and so lately i've been trying to uh show what i'm doing on social media and let people know that i can help them out of certain situations or help them think through things um and solve creative issues amazing great well thank
0: you so much tj we really appreciate your time today
1: i appreciate you having me it's been so much fun
0: Awesome. And we'll be back next week. Thank you for listening to the Investories Podcast. We all have a story. What's yours? The Investories Podcast.